0: One, two, three, four. Monster movie.
1: Fun time, go! Monster movie. Fun
0: time, go. Monster
1: movie. Fun time, go! Monster, Monster movie. movie. Fun time, go! With Precious D and Honey Bee. Fun time, go!
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome back to 31 Days of Horror, Day Number 16. My guest today is my good friend, Jed Doosler. How's it going? Or as I called him last year, Dead (laughs) Doosler, which is a very spooky name.
1: It is a very spooky name. I kind of like it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Jed.
1: Thanks, Tom. How are
0: you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. The show's doing all right. I'm getting by. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about Evil Dead and Evil Dead Wait 2. Yes? I thought we were talking about the horror movie Cats. <laughs> I mean, it was certainly <laughs> Horrific
1: okay, I've just i mean it's I'm glad I've seen these other movies, but I was on a completely different okay
0: we're doing a twofer because it's the same movie,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean <laughs> it's definitely a lot different, you know, but so i mean it it's the same premise i guess, and it's not really i've so seen weird it, it's very it's unusual
0: I've seen Evil Dead Two described as a remake. And or a sequel, but I think the best way to describe it is a second draft.
1: You know, when I was watching these, I was like, so it's, it's not, I don't know, that, yeah it's not a sequel, and maybe Sam Raimi was just ahead of his time in creating a whole new multiverse. This is just, <laughs> he's in a different timeline is all.
0: Yeah, well, it just seems like they filmed their first draft, which normally you don't do. And then he went back to the script and made some tweaks, but it's still the same basic story. So let's go over the first one. Well, let's, let's get some, uh, some stats here. Okay. Evil Dead is from 1981, directed by Sam Raimi, produced by Robert Tappert. They will continue to work together throughout the years, including producing Hercules, and Xena. Uh, Sam Raimi, of course, directs a bunch of Spider-Man movies and the latest Doctor Strange movie. I'm not sure if Robert Tappert was producer on those movies or not, but of course Bruce Campbell Bruce yeah. Campbell has uh, cameos in those. Yeah, this is yes, a rena- Renaissance Pictures production, which is the company that does Hercules and Xena. It's 85 minutes. The budget was 375000 The box office was two point seven million. Although Wikipedia says two point seven or twenty nine point four. I couldn't figure out what that or twenty nine point four was, because that is a big difference. (laughs) I don't know if that's all time, (laughs) including (laughs) rentals and
1: things. (laughs) You might check IMDB (laughs) as opposed to Wikipedia. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean there's a there's a footnote here, but I, I didn't find information when I clicked the footnote. The cast is Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams. Ellen Sandweiss as Cheryl Williams, Richard Demanicor DeGener- De as Hal Delrich as Ooh. Scott. Oh, as Hal. De- uh, he, so his name is Richard Demanicor, but he's credited as Hal Delrich, and he's playing Scott.
1: <laughs> Betsy Baker
0: as Linda, and same thing here. Teresa Tilly as Sarah York as Shelley. <laughs> I don't know why these people are using completely different. Uh, stage names, film names.
1: Uh, maybe, maybe they didn't any the association with the movie in case it was awful. Yeah. But while they were filming it, it was probably their thinking,
0: you could have watched Yeah, I don't want mine Un- attached Uncredited, we have Sam Raimi as local fisherman and the voice of the Evil Dead, Robert Tappert as local fisherman, and Bob Dorian as Professor Noby's voice. And I thought Ted did something in this one. I know he does in the next one. I thought Ted was a uh, shemp or
1: something, but he's not listed, so
0: have you have you listened to the
1: the audiobook by Bruce Campbell?
0: <laughs> the audiobook of Evil Dead or or of his uh biography.
1: It's his it, yeah, I think it's his autobiography. He has like a couple of them, so but I think it's called If Chins Could Talk or something like that, or if Chins Could Kill.
0: I have Again. a autographed copy of his first one, Leading with
1: My Chin, I think it's called. Oh, So, yeah, I think he's on his third one now, but, um, you know, if you're Bruce Campbell, you can do that. So, anyways, it talks a lot about that stuff, and it's definitely worth a listen for you Mm -hmm. audience members out there and Dominic. Do your homework.
0: (laughs) So, it's the first of several movies. There's Evil Dead 2 and then Evil Dead Army of Darkness, and then there's a (laughs) reboot just called Evil Dead, and then there was a series called "Ash versus Equal Dead" that had three seasons uh, of 10 episodes each. But today There's we'll just...
1: also a um, NC17 version of it out there, but I guess you can come up with its own title. <laughs> and there are some
0: comic books and stuff and some crossovers, like "Xena Meets Evil Dead" or something like that. Of course.: <laughs> Of
1: course. Uh
0: I don't think watching remember. Army
1: of Dark I don't see why why not, but <laughs> yeah,
0: it's probably yeah, it was probably through the Army of Darkness that they managed to that team up because yeah. this this book opens portals to other times and places, so
1: but Bruce Campbell was also in Xena. Yes. the t v series, so yeah. who is he playing and you see what I see where it starts to get murky there so i and I think in the comic they might have the, the two different the two
0: characters. Meet up of
1: <laughs> for a channel for something,
0: yeah. So, uh, I'm gonna kind of go through the plot here, okay, <laughs> such as it is. This is our summary off of Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Five Michigan State University students Ash Williams, his girlfriend Linda, his sister Cheryl, their friend Scott, and Scott's girlfriend Shelly vacation at an isolated cabin in rural Tennessee. It's really kind of a shack. <laughs> Approaching the cabin, the, the group notices the porch swing move on its own, but suddenly stop as Scott grabs the doorknob. While Cheryl draws a picture of a clock, the clock stops, and she hears a faint demonic voice tell her to join us. Her hand becomes possessed, turns pale, and draws a picture of a book with a demonic face on its cover. Although shaken, she does not mention the incident.
1: This is exactly where Bob Ross got his inspiration from, from this movie. <laughs> is it?
0: unhappy little, happy
1: mm-hmm. little rapist trees
0: because <laughs> that's gonna happen in a moment <laughs> when the cellar door flies open during dinner Shelley, linda and cheryl remain upstairs as ash and scott investigate the cellar they find the naturum dimanto a sumerian version of the egyptian book of the dead along with archaeologist raymond noby's tape recorder and they take the items upstairs so let me just say here the Naturum de Manto is not a Sumerian version of the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Okay. It does not mean the Book of the Dead. It doesn't actually mean anything. It's not proper Latin. It seem, It seems like that it could mean something like on the nature of demons, but... That's, but it's not proper Latin, so it doesn't actually mean that. But it seems it hints at that meaning. But it absolutely doesn't mean the Book of the Dead.
1: Dominic is well versed in proper Latin, by the way. Yeah, yes.
0: Well, here's the thing. So I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. In the other movies, the book is called the Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Necronomicon. And the Necronomicon is a fictional, magical, cursed book created by H.P. Lovecraft and used in a lot of horror fiction. And the Necronomicon means the Book of Dead Names, and that's Greek. This book is called the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, which is mixing Greek and Latin and would mean the Book of Dead Names from death.
1: Mm, Everybody knows the Latin we don't mix. It's like oil and water. I just don't
0: know why... Uh, Sam Raimi felt the need to tack the ex-mortis on there. I don't know what he was doing, or why he did it. I would like to ask him about that someday, and possibly slap him. I don't know. It just, no. it just bugs, it just bugs me. I'm oh, not the only one that wants to slap Sam Raimi. <laughs> it just bugs me. But anyway, they, they uh, take the stuff upstairs and play the tape, which has an incantation on it that resurrects a demonic entity. Resurrects it? Summons it? Whatever. Cheryl yells for Scott to turn off the tape recorder, and a tree branch breaks one of the cabin's windows. Later that evening, an agitated Cheryl goes into the woods to investigate strange noises. Never a good idea. Right, right. 101, don't do that. Oof where she is attacked and raped by demonically possessed trees. So, uh, that's a thing that happens.
1: She said she wanted to branch out onto new things. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When she escapes and returns to the cabin bruised and anguished, Ash agrees to take her back into town, only to discover that the bridge to the cabin has been destroyed. And this happens in every one of the movies. Spoiler alert, Dominic. Cheryl panics as she realizes that they're now trapped and the demonic entity will not let them leave. Back at the cabin, Ash listens to more of the tape.
1: (laughs) Why? (laughs) Right. Right. Well, it's not like they had the internet back then. So they Uh, had to do some. Yeah. Learning that the only way to kill the entity is to
0: dismember a possessed host. As Linda and Shelley play spades, Cheryl correctly calls out the card, succumbs to the entity, and levitates. In a raspy, demonic voice, she demands to know why they disturbed her sleep and threatens to kill everyone. She stabs Linda in the ankle with a pencil and throws Ash into a shelf. Scott knocks Cheryl into the cellar and locks her inside. Everyone fights about what to do, having become paranoid upon seeing Cheryl's demonic transformation. Shelley lies down in her room but is drawn to look out her window where a demon crashes through and attacks her, turning her into a deadite though nobody uses yep. that term i don't think they use that term until the third movie yeah i think you're right but they're basically demonically possessed people they're not quite zombies can't
1: if, uh, the guy that's um, the voice on the recording on the tape if he uh-huh. says anything about that i if he does that i don't think it's until the second until the second one but.
0: yeah so they're, they're sort of they're kind of like zombies they're possessed corpses i guess mm-hmm. some of the people seem to start turning into them before they've actually died so
1: i don't know how that works exactly right. and, and they don't follow the other at least older zombie logic whereas you're slow and whatnot and all these things are fast and his editing is fast and it's one of the things that made it a great you know mm-hmm. a great film even back then Let's
0: see she attacks scott before he throws her into the fireplace and then stabs her in the back with a Sumerian dagger apparently killing her when she reanimates Scott dismembers her with an axe and buries the remains shaken by the experience he leaves to find a way back into town he shortly returns mortally wounded from the possessed trees and dies while warning ash that the trees will not let them escape alive when ash checks on Linda he's horrified to find that she has become possessed she attacks him but he stabs her with the Sumerian dagger Unwilling to dismember her, he buries her instead. She revives and attacks him, forcing him to decapitate her with a shovel and retreat to the cabin. Mm -hmm. Back inside, Ash discovers that Cheryl has escaped the cellar. Cheryl eludes Ash and attempts to choke him. Ash escapes her grasp and shoots Cheryl in the jaw as Ash is barricading the door. Scott reanimates into a deadite. Scott attacks Ash and inadvertently knocks the Naturum de Monto close to the fireplace. Ash gouges Scott's eyes out and pulls a tree branch from Scott's stomach, <laughs> causing him to bleed out and fall to the ground. Like we do. Yep. Cheryl breaks through the barricade and knocks Ash to the floor. As Scott and Cheryl continue to attack Ash on the ground, Ash grabs the Naturum de manto and throws it into the fireplace. While the book burns, the deadites freeze in place, then begin to rapidly decompose. Large appendages burst from both corpses, covering Ash in blood. Dawn breaks and Ash stumbles outside. As Ash walks away from the cabin, an unseen demon moves rapidly through the forest, rushes through the cabin, and attacks him from behind. And this effect, they sort of uh, used a little homemade steady uh, steadicam to do this. Uh-huh. Throughout the movie, we get this, something is rushing through the forest. And uh, what they did was they took like a two by four and a couple pieces of rope Put the camera on the middle of the two by four. And then I think two of them were on either side with the rope running with the camera between them. So they could it could be really low to the ground and then they could raise it up and they could tilt it and and stuff. So it was a very low budget way to get a pretty cool effect. Right. Yes. That they then use throughout the the rest of the movies.
1: They 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 created a whole bunch of their little uh, effects themselves and I mean it was it was pretty uh Pretty great, actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I always appreciate that sort of uh, innovation. So, Jed, what are your thoughts and feelings about Evil Dead?
1: Um, what, am I, what are my thoughts about Evil Dead? Well, um, it looks like something that you would film with your camera these days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It had yeah. that very much feel. Of course, once again, we're talking about 1981. Um, so it, it had a very almost student film Kind of feel to it, and they were all young, and this was their first movie they were making, as far as I remember.
0: I think the only thing they'd done was like a shorter version of this, that was just basically a proof of concept
1: version, right? To get to get to funding, get right? yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. There's 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 lots of things that that are very much a part of what people remember about you know Evil Dead that weren't in this one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's things that you want to talk about. You know, he doesn't say his line groovy. No, he. It's not campy, it's some of the other ones. Most
0: of the things people remember are really from the second one. The
1: second one is a much goofier version. And more more polished. You could tell they had more money. And they were like, okay, we already know exactly how to film everything that we want to, and we're going to add a couple of these extra little things. But otherwise, I liked it. I like it from a a, um, standpoint of being a filmmaker and being like, Hey, this is my passion project. I want to work on. Um, but it's not, I definitely like evil dead two better. I am more of a comedy horror kind of person than I am mm-hmm. a gore horror person. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's Wikipedia
0: describes this one as a supernatural horror and the second one as a comedy horror. So
1: yeah. there you okay, go. Well, that, that makes sense. But I, but I do tell you, and, and I've said this before, practical effects, I love them. Yeah. I always have loved practical effects. There's just something more visceral and real about it. And even even though some of them are <laughs> kind of cheesy in the sense that oh well that's definitely a mask or you know something like that. Um a lot of times the stuff is so quick or there's or it's moving so fast you don't have enough time to focus on oh my god it's a it's fake it's like oh my god that, that thing is curling at that person. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. things like that and the, the camera angles and the point of view he uses point of view shots all the time point of view and he switches back and forth like you might be getting a point of view of the thing attacking you like your ash or and then right after that you might have the point of view of the thing that's attacking ash you know <laughs> he's yeah. just back and forth on all of that stuff which i think is just i mean it's you can tell that that wasn't something that he knew not to do necessarily, but it works. <laughs> so it's it's very enjoyable in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: I, I like it. I appreciate the you know low budget can do attitude. Hmm. Right. Right. And uh, you know somebody liked it enough to uh, finance a, as we say, a second draft of it.
1: <laughs> right. The uh, the alternate timeline.
0: and we're back let's move on to evil dead 2 also known as evil dead 2 dead by dawn is 1987 again directed by sam Raimi, written by sam and scott spiegel produced by robert tappert it stars bruce campbell as ash sarah berry as annie nobly Dan Hicks as Jake, Casey Wesley as Bobby Joe, Denise Bixler as Linda. So he's got the same girlfriend, and it's the same. Uh, am I naming
1: that right? Actors or not?
0: Uh, no. Uh, yes. No. Hold on. Let me. <laughs> Where'd I just put my paper? Betsy Baker was Linda, and now Denise Bixler. Okay, I was getting Bixler and Baker mixed up. (laughs) Denise Bixler (laughs) is Linda, and Snowy Winters is Dancing Demon Linda. (laughs) Richard Dalmier as Professor Ed Getley. John Peeks as Professor Nobly. Lou Hancock as Henrietta Nobly. Ted Ramey as Possessed Henrietta. And William Preston Robertson as the voice of the evil dead. So... I've heard this described as he returns to the cabin but he gives no indication of any it's a new it's a reboot it's a it's a second draft he gives no indication of having been there before of remembering anything that happened he has a girlfriend with the same name who I assume is meant to be the same girlfriend even though it's a different actress it's a different actress in the next movie <laughs> huh she's just in like a flashback But, and I don't know why they didn't just use a flashback from this movie. Maybe a different studio. But it's a different, it's a different, well, they do use some footage from this movie, but it's a different actress and she has shorter hair. And there, there's a scene in the first movie where he's giving his girlfriend a necklace that has like a, a little magnifying glass hanging from it. Right. And in this movie, she has it already, but he says something that indicates he's just given it to her we just don't see it. he's like oh so how do you like it like he gave it to her off camera before they got in the car or something
1: right
0: and i think we even see a similar but not identical necklace in the reboot so let me quickly go through this summary yeah, and we'll see yeah as well. yeah we'll quickly go through the summary and see what some of the differences are ash williams and his girlfriend linda take a romantic vacation to a seemingly abandoned cabin in the woods so we it's oh i didn't say the the budget is three point five million now, which is more than the last movie made, and the box office is five point nine. Not a huge haul, but worth the effort, I guess. And the music, music in both of them, is by Joe Laduca, who also did the music in Hercules and Xena. So once uh, Sam Raimi and Robert Tapper, you know, decide they like someone, they they just keep using them. They seem to have a group of friends that they just keep working with. Yes, and, they do. They they've got their group. Which I, I appreciate that as as well. Of course. <laughs> we know what uh, that's like. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh they go to the cabin, Ash finds a tape, plays it. It's uh Raymond Nobley, the same guy, the cabin's previous inhabitant, reciting passages from the Book of the Dead, this time, as I said, called the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, which he has discovered during an archaeological dig. The recorded Incantation unleashes an evil force, also known as the Kandarian Demon. And that name comes up a lot in the later TV series, Kandarian. Uh, that kills and later possesses Linda, turning her into a deadite. Oh, what I was starting to say earlier, though, is that even though we have a bigger budget now, we've scaled down things a bit. It was five friends, now it's just two. But then mm-hmm. we're gonna have we're going to have some outsiders come in. Later, so maybe that's why they got rid of the other people. So they're gonna add some more people later from outside and tighten
1: it up some? I'm assuming it's a yeah. it's a lot to follow, especially yeah. when everybody starts, you know, turning into to deadites. Yeah. At least the first one. you like, wait, was that the first one? There's a yeah. lot of females that are deadites now, right? And, you know, it and it's hard, hard to, to
0: it, once they I'm transform. The once they transform, it becomes kind of hard to tell them apart.
1: Right? Yeah. Exactly.
0: Ash is then forced to decapitate her with a shovel and bury her in a shallow grave near the cabin. So that's pretty much what happened the last time. At dawn, the evil force throws Ash through the woods. He briefly becomes possessed by a demon, but when day breaks, he is inexplicably returned to normal. There is a huge section of this movie that is just Bruce Campbell practically by himself just dealing with evil shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is... It's quite interesting. You know, he doesn't have anybody else to really act with or react to. It's all just him dealing with special effects. He attempts to flee, but finds the bridge has been destroyed. The spirit chases him back to the cabin, where Linda's revived head attacks him and bites his hand. He returns to the shed, where her headless body attacks him with a chainsaw, but he overpowers and slashes the deadite Linda to death. His right hand becomes possessed and tries to kill him, and he severs it with the chainsaw before attempting to shoot it with a shotgun. But his hand mocks him and ultimately escapes. So there seems to be an infectious quality to this demonic
1: possession. Yeah, and and wh- while we're while we're talking about the hand here, uh, <laughs> part of my favorite part. This is this is where you start to realize that it's more of a um, comedy. It's more of a comedy. Yeah, it's more. Night of the Living Dead meets Looney Tunes, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because he's going after, shooting after his hand that's now crawled away like the thing, or like yeah. thing, and whenever he's trying to shoot at it or whenever he's, it hit, it, it starts, you know, having a, a mind of its own, like he's trying to, when he's reloading a gun or doing something along those lines, it gives that like, I'm waiting, kind of <laughs> tapping, and he flips him off at one point in time, like the the severed hand flips him off. Yeah, I mean, it's just—I love it. It's—it <laughs> just becomes just like okay, that's the—that's the comedy, that's the Looney Tunes I'm looking for. <laughs> so,
0: meanwhile, Nobly's daughter Annie and her research partner Ed gently return from the dig with the missing pages from the Necronomicon, only to find the destroyed bridge. They enlist repairman Jake and his girlfriend, Bobby Joe to show them another route to the cabin, where they find an embattled ash covered in blood. Thinking that he murdered her parents, Annie and the others lock him in the cellar. The four new arrivals listen to the rest of Nobley's recording, detailing how his wife Henrietta was possessed by the Candarian demon, and that he killed her and buried her in the cellar. Henrietta, now a deadite, possesses Ed. Ash dismembers him with an axe Bobby Joe tries to escape, but demonically possessed trees attack and drag her to her death. But she does not get raped this time.
1: Right. That's I, I mean, nobody. That.
0: So uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if the producers objected. Well, it's it's Robert Tapper. I don't know. I don't,
1: I don't know. I'm not complaining. <laughs> right. No, I mean, it's, it's quite disturbing. Although, if you missed it. And I know we're not talking about it yet. They bring it back for the reboot. They do.
0: They do. (laughs) Uh, Annie uh, translates two of the Necronomicon's pages before Jake turns on them and throws the pages into the cellar, forcing them at gunpoint to find Bobby Joe. Ash becomes possessed once again and attacks Jake. Annie retreats to the cabin and accidentally stabs Jake, mistaking him for the possessed Ash, before Henrietta kills him. Deadite Ash tries to kill Annie, but returns to his normal self upon seeing Linda's necklace. With Annie's help, Ash modifies the chainsaw, attaches it to the stump of his right arm, and cuts the shotgun's barrel. So this, we didn't get this in the first movie, but this is the thing that becomes iconic for Ash. This is what everybody thinks of when they think of Ash, that he's got a chainsaw
1: attached to his arm. Basically when he becomes the Ash character once that we, that he will be from here on out.
0: Yeah. Let's see. And, and he cuts the shotgun's barrel. Did I say that? Mm -hmm. After finding the missing pages of the Necronomicon in the cellar, Ash kills Henrietta. The trees outside begin to destroy the cabin. Annie reveals that she has only read the first half of the incantation and attempts to finish the second half. As she reads it, Ash's severed hand uses a Candarian dagger to stab her in the back. Boo! Backstabbing <laughs> hand. She manages to complete the incantation before succumbing to her wound. The incantation opens up a whirling temporal vortex, which not only draws in the demon, but also Ash and his Oldsmobile Delta 88. And this car appears in, in
1: all, every movie that
0: all the movies. Sam Raimi makes. Is it in every single movie it's it's his uh see you next Wednesday basically It's definitely in all of these movies uh, I didn't check to see if it's in Dr Strange.
1: You know I didn't see if it was in Doctor Strange either, but I know that that was one of his calling cards that he put it in every movie. It didn't matter. I believe it it's
0: I believe it's in the series mm-hmm. and it's in the reboot. nobody drives it. I think she's just sitting on it at one point it's it's just sitting there rusted out near the cabin.
1: You know, I I guess I didn't get that little uh, Easter egg there.
0: Yeah, because I was kind of looking for it, and I was like, oh, I think that's the car right there. Ash and his Oldsmobile land in the Middle Ages. A group of knights confront him and initially mistake him for a deadite, but are quickly distracted when a real harpy-like deadite appears. Ash blasts it with his shotgun, and they hail him as a hero who has come to save them, causing him to break down and scream in anguish. And that is a hell of a cliffhanger, right <laughs> I don't know how he the studio or whoever approved that nonsense.
1: maybe they weren't as involved in this throwaway horror movie that you know it's not like they're like, oh, well, it's not Spielberg. I really don't care <laughs> so
0: we're not going to get to it in this episode, but Army of Darkness picks up right there, and yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I think I think it's great. That, like I said, I like Evil Dead Two better. Um, once again, you still have all the practical effects. Throws in a couple of what would be considered special effects that are still, I guess, would still be practical effects because I guess there re- really weren't computer stuff. But like you see a, a a ghost image of some of the guy talking at one point in time, something like that. The which which wasn't in the first one. They didn't use anything like that in the first one. I learned that I'm a Michigan State shirt fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why's that? Well, if you look in the opening sequence, that's what his girlfriend is wearing. <laughs> okay,
0: right. does she look particularly good
1: in it? Or are you, I don't. She did. I mean, let's just say that I'm sure many many of those shirts were were sold that year. Um, <laughs> I also like how the Necronomicon book was just sitting out in the open when they found it in the castle and uh-huh. it was just sitting out in the open in the cabin that, uh, that they arrived at. I don't know, maybe all the cabins in the woods have Necronomicon books sitting out in the coffee table. I don't know. But it was just <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, here it is. They oh. didn't have to go
0: into the basement this time. <laughs>
1: that's not war and
0: peace. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's
1: literally a skin bound book. It's just not, that's not your typical coffee table book. Um, <laughs> Some of the lines in this movie, are, of course, are great and stuff that he ends up using, you know, throughout. He does, he does throughout his groovy line in yeah. this one. And I mm-hmm. want to say it's right after he chops off the, uh, makes his, his gun to assault off and puts it in the very back of his, you know, bag right. back there. And of course they, of course, come and do that, that kind of sweeping shot right up to his face so that, you know, his chin is taking up the entire screen. Yeah, I'm just to say his line. This movie is much more his movie.
0: The other one, it's more of a kind of final girl situation where it's not immediately clear who the final survivor is going to be out right. of the group of five. Right. He just has to sort of emerge through the process. But in this one, because it's just him and his girlfriend starting off, it's much more clear that this movie's about him. Mm-hmm. He's our lead. And he's much cooler.
1: They've set it up in the writing things that they didn't do in the the first Evil Dead, like they they make allusions to the fact that you're gonna have a sequel. You know, um, back in back in the day, and you see this this drawing or the, whatnot, this sketch that is basically the closing scene of the movie, where he's you know in uh, olden times, you know, setting up the, the the movie and setting up the character for the rest of these movies. Yeah the ash character
0: last year Jed and i talked about Bubba hotep Mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm. bruce campbell movie i'm thinking right now we should plan on next year doing my name is bruce
1: my name is bruce i don't think i've ever seen that movie
0: oh yeah you gotta you gotta see that bruce campbell plays himself okay (laughs) (laughs) although he's listing the credits as faux bruce campbell i don't know why He's playing himself Bruce Campbell, movie star who makes movies about fighting monsters. And then, you know, uh, he has to fight a monster. It's a little bit like uh, it's a little similar to um, Fright Night Mm -hmm. where Peter, not that Roddy McDowell's playing himself, but he's playing an actor who's known for for fighting vampires who then has to fight a real vampire. Right. So it's that same kind of
1: thing. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out.
0: He directed it. He produced it. It's got Ted Raimi in it. Some of the music is by Joseph Laduca. Some of it's by There's three guys listed, and it was distributed by in- Image Entertainment and Dark Horse Entertainment, which are comic book companies. And I believe they have made it. They made a comic book that accompanied it. So uh, I think we should cover that one uh, next year. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like it would be fun. Well, we'll be back in an episode or two to discuss Army of Darkness, and then we will discuss the reboot and briefly touch on the series, which is on Netflix.
1: Yes, I'm so excited. You used to have to have a subscription to Stars.
0: Yeah, at some point it got picked up by Netflix. I can't remember if it was just for the third season or just after it was all over.
1: Yeah, I think it was after it was all over. I think... I think I literally think they were trying to bring in people to stars although very there was crowd. <laughs> yeah,
0: there was some talk of uh Netflix picking it up for a fourth season but that it that did not yeah, happen.
1: Not, not. I think he's done. I think he's even said he's done playing Ash. I don't see that Evil Dead it does not appear to be streaming free anywhere right now. No, the the first one. No, I cannot find it anywhere.
0: The that. uh where is Evil Dead 2? On Prime,
1: I own it, so I didn't. Uh, yeah, see. I do I too.
0: No, what's this Prime with premium subscription? So it's probably it might be Stars. I don't know. But the reboot was on uh, Tubi or something like that, right? I can't uh, yeah, TV. it's everywhere. Okay, so the the reboot is on Hulu and Pluto and Tubi. So if you guys want to watch that before we get to it. There you go. It's readily available for free. Army of Darkness is on Peacock. Uh, I don't know if it's available on the free version, because there's like three different tiers of Peacock. Right. But because it's an older movie, maybe it is. I don't Army
1: know. of Darkness, yeah. That's all I see it on is, is on Peacock app as well. So there you but go, it's folks. Worth, it's worth purchasing. That's all yeah. I can
0: say. <laughs> I have the, oh, what access. is it? I have the edition that looks like it's in a paper bag. <laughs> What is it? No, hold on. Let me, let me go get it. Hold on. Okay. I think what I did was I watched it on Peacock. So whatever version that is, but I have a physical copy of what is called Bruce Campbell versus army of darkness. The director's cut official bootleg edition. Oh man. And the cover is made to look as if it is a paper bag and just the little top of the DVD. What would normally be the DVD cover, is kind of peeking up Over the top of it. (laughs) But I know there's a version of, I think it's of this, it might be one. There's a version that comes in what looks like the Necronomicon. And uh, I don't know how much different the director's cut is from the normal cut, but we'll get into all that in that episode.
1: All right. Yeah. Awesome. So so
0: I think that will wrap it up for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. in our 31 days of horror, if you haven't been listening all along, we What's will be. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, yes, one, what is wrong with you, but two, we will culminate all of this on Halloween. With Halloween ends, Honeybee will be with me for that episode. That will be in theaters and on Peacock on the 15th. So you will have plenty of time to watch it before we spoil it go see a movie theater uh, i'm not if going to the movie
1: theater.
0: <laughs> i'm avoiding movie theaters because there's still cooties out there
1: uh, you know i don't believe you because i remember being <laughs> at a movie theater but we won't go there <laughs> i've to a few
0: things mostly i go to the drive-in uh, there you go. but i've gone twice when i knew that nobody else was going to be there
1: all i'm saying is Support your, your movie theaters if possible, even if it's a drive-in, because there's some things that just need to be seen on on a big screen. That's just well, at you least know the first time. My TV's pretty big these days. It's not the same. And this is something, folks. Don't watch Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> Huge sweeping shots where these people are just tiny, tiny. Go watch that on a big screen, not on you know your laptop screen. <laughs> not on... <laughs> well, definitely don't watch it on your phone. Like,
0: you know what? I think you I watched this on my phone. phone. But here's something I want everybody to do, though, uh, because I don't think we appreciate this enough. You know, when Jen and I grew up, a maybe 20 inch screen was as big as you were right. going to get. No kidding. But we have a tendency to get used to things no matter what it might be. So I want you to just take a moment to step back and look at your TV and appreciate how fucking big it is. <laughs> no kidding. And if you're older, just remember what it used to be like, what size screen you used to watch with multiple people gathered around it. Just take a moment to appreciate and, the size of your television.
1: And it wasn't widescreen.
0: No, no, it was yeah. not.
1: It and was. I would always
0: buy, when I could, I would buy the letterboxed. Yep.
1: Same here. The videotapes. So I it have, was only using a third of the screen. I have a VHS copy of the Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy uh-huh. uh, in widescreen letterbox. Oh, I, love uh, I used it. to, I used to have that.
0: I don't, uh, I, 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 love don't have, I don't anymore, but I used to have that. Yeah. All right, folks, that is going to wrap it up for us for this episode. Jed, thanks for joining me.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, <laughs> folks, remember to follow us on all the socials. Go to mmftg.bio.link. To find all of our links and remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements and whatever you do do not misuse science we will not see you but you will hear us next time on monster movie fun time go you've been listening to monster movie fun time go if you enjoyed the show please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice our theme song is by the texacado folk rock punk featuring lita lopez you can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.